Welcome, everybody, to Victory Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wilson. Today, we have Asif Ali. He's a legendary arena football player. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, brother. Great to be on your platform. Thank you so much. So, man, um, since the last time we talked, you had several guests on your podcast show, Digitally Dreaming Off the Gridiron. Um, how's it going with your show so far? Going pretty well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we have uh, we uh, our last guest, Ryan Harris, you know, Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, he was he was obviously the last guest that we had on back in March. Um, you know, I basically took a break from social media and um, you know, kind of the podcasting business. But obviously, now I'm back to onto the platform. I mean, I'm looking to start it back up probably end of this week on Friday the first. So obviously, like you know, um, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, since since we last spoke, and you know, from from then on, you know, I had a lot of different types of guests, you know, NFL guests. Um, yeah, Chris Dishman, um, you know, obviously LeVon Kirkland, you know, you know, obviously multi-pro bowls, bowl starters, Super Bowl champions, right, Ryan. And, uh, you know, now I'm trying to obviously diversify that a little bit to kind of tap into the professional life because, um, you know, since since we last spoke, I've, um, uh, since I was on, on your podcast, um, you know, with James, um, your, your other platform, um, you know, I've also been, uh, you know, doing virtual summits um, a lot, you know, to tap into kind of, you know, the wall behind me project management, um, you know, business analysis, product ownership, stuff in the tech, tech kind of agile delivery space. So I think there's going to be a lot more. Uh, I'm going to try to integrate that and have a lot more focus on that, um, you know, starting the, on the second launch, uh, you know, of my platform. So oh, that's, that's great, man. And I want to applaud you, man, because, you know, not too many professional athletes are successful in corporate life like, like you are. <laughs> I really appreciate that, bro, because it's funny. I was actually talking to, you know, one of the guys out here, you know, I just, I just, I just renovated my place out here in Zach. And, um, you know, um, and just moved in with a bunch of stuff, you know, I migrated my whole memorabilia. So, I mean, anyone who wants to see that, you know, just to stay, just plug into the Daily Dreaming Gridiron podcast, uh, you know, IG page or my personal IG page. Or I'm going to be posting probably later this week. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, one of the guys out here, you know, who helped kind of, you know, set up my security system just actually, hey, you know, he said the same thing. He said, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, you know, a lot of pressure athletes who we personally knew. And it's funny, actually, Anquan Bolden's cousin actually came out here um, recently last week to help me kind of, you know, uh, move some things out of here. And he basically said the same thing. A lot of the guys who, you know, uh, you know, Anquan knew or guys who he knew through Anquan, you know, they they all struggled, um, you know, mm. in the post-football life. And, you know, he was actually saying that, you know, you look like you're in pretty good shape. And, um, you know, we, you look like, you know, that you, you transitioned pretty well. So good for you. And, I, you know, I was like, I appreciate that, you know. And, um, you know, actually, you know, we talked about a lot of things because, you know, he basically, you know, actually watched my games. That's pretty, it's pretty cool talking about that. Oh, yeah. He actually watched some of the, some of, some of the stuff of the California Eagles out here in Stockton, some of the games, um, Chicago Falcons. I'm not sure how he was able to see that, but I mean, um, I guess because, you know, he was plugged into the, to the regional arena football scene out here in the Central Valley, as well as also, you know, out in the Midwest, you know, through Anquan and others, you know, and, um, you know, obviously like, you know, you see what's going on right now with USFL, you know, and all the other leagues started up, you know, XFL started up next year. Um, so there's a lot of good things going on right now outside of the NFL and the pro football space. So, yeah. you know, for me, obviously, like, you know, it's just cool to see that. And, you know, obviously my corporate life, you know, I've been doing a lot of virtual summits. Uh, most recently, this last week, I was at Quantum Leap. I spoke about project management, agile delivery. Um, I was a keynote speaker there. And so now I want to hopefully, you know, bring in some of that with uh, with the Digitally Dreaming Up the podcast, um, you know. So that way we can you kind of intertwine both the best of both worlds. Oh, that's phenomenal, man. So um, I got to ask you this question, man, you know, with all the trouble that athletes are having right now with transitioning to corporate life, what advice would you give athletes? Yeah, man, I mean, I would just say kind of, you know, it's really difficult to kind of find that passion. It's really difficult to kind of find that kind of kickstarter because, 
when you do, when you invest so much of your life, you know, to playing, you know, whether it's, you know, 12, 13 years or how many years, you know, um, you know, it's really, you really, you really, you really just, you know, it's, it's really difficult to really find out what that is that your sweet spot is. You know? So for me personally, you know, I would say that, you know, my advice would be to kind of, you know, understand what it was to kind of that drove you to get to the point of getting to the highest level, you know, of, of you know, of competition and try to find where you can rechannel that focus. You know what I mean? Like find something else to tackle, find, find, find a demon to chase, for lack of a better term, right? When you find a demon to chase every day, you're going to always strive to basically tackle that demon. You know, right. for me, personally, that demon, obviously, the wall behind me was that, okay, cool. Like, you know, I found this field and now you, my trajectory started, you know, a, 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 I mean, what, almost like 10 years now, right? And so basically it started with one and then it just kept going up, you know, like just like football, like right here, right? You see everything right there, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just like everything. You graduate college, you know, obviously, you know, to, to the arena scene you know, all the way to Chicago, right? So, you know, it's just finding a trajectory and finding, finding a demon and finding that kind of, that problem that you have to tackle every day. And um, it's sometimes a difficult task to do. I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. You know, yeah. everyone's, you know, I started talking to, to another one, one of my friends, you know, he was telling me, he's all like, you know, straight up, bro. And I'm not saying it's to be boastful, but he was like, bro, he's like, you know, you, you, you've accomplished so much, you know, and he, and he's, and he's like, I'm 40 about to have my, you know, I mean, shout out to my boy, you know, S. You know, Sarva, man, he's about to have his, uh, his, his second child, his second baby, you know, in a few weeks. And he's all like, you know, he's like, I feel like I've just kind of wasted all my time, you know, since mm. I stopped playing. It's just kind of difficult for me to kind of find that, you know. And I just told him, I'm like, hey, bro, like, it's never too late. You know, I think ultimately, whatever it is that you're trying to find, that's another thing I, I might advise to happen about there. You know, don't ever adhere yourself to a timeline. Because everyone, you know, when you try to go to the next level, the highest level of competition, you're always like, okay. Because, you know, it's such an aggressive timeline to get there, right? Because the right. is so small. You want to say, I want to get there at 22, 23, right? You know, but I think, you know, trying to find that post-playing, uh, post, post um, that post-competition life, you got you to gotta pace yourself and you got to really, you know, take time to find that, that, that passion, find that demon to chase and uh, chase after full force once you find it. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah, man. Um with the suicide situation right now in the United States, you know, it's, it's basically an epidemic now. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with, um, in, and especially with kids, I yeah. see, uh, from 10 to 14 year, years old, um, when you were 10 to 14 years old, what was your passion in school? Yeah. I mean, when I was 10 to 14 years old, you know, football was actually the last of my, of my, of my, of my passions. You know, I was just, this type kid who loved kind of, you know, getting into animation, um, you know, kind of drawing, kind of comic book storytelling. I really enjoyed that. I was a very visual person. I also played with Legos up through like uh, through the age of 12 because, you know, that's actually how I was able to find this field. I, I, I like building things with my hands, you know, hmm. and um, that's also kind of how football came to be, you know, because I was very good just like, you know, using my hands, you know, video games, your hand-eye coordination, you know, it's crazy how they both go hand in hand. So I, I had a bunch of passions, you know, at that time, you know, but my favorite subject, in school at that time was history and the reason why history was my favorite subject was because a lot of lessons and kind of what you're talking about suicide rates i mean this is not a new epidemic it's no. just now we have social media to kind of spread the awareness about why and how and how prevalent it's happening how you know and, and i guess that that's that that is the, the the difference now versus 10 20 years ago you know when i was that age um you know kids i mean i, I have classmates who, who commit suicide you know Wow. And it was just, it was, I mean, you know, sometimes you just sit there and you just, and you're, and as a kid, you don't know why, 
but then obviously, you know, as you become an adult, you start understanding why, you know, mental illness and now everything, you know, and kudos to all the organizations who, who've done, you know, putting mental health first and putting this awareness out there, such as the American Suicide Prevention Hotline. You know, in my line of work, I've worked with some behavioral health um, clients who work directly with that patient population who's directly impacted by suicide, right? With youth as well as adults, right? right. A lot of them are former athletes, right? So, you know, but anyways, yeah, for me, history was my favorite subject because I thought there's so much that we can learn from our past, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of things that we see nowadays, you know, where some of the same problems we've been dealing with, you know, in the past, you know, I mean, but essentially, you know, with that, you know, I think there's a lot that we can take away, you know, with, uh, with, with the past to now we can, we can, we obviously, you know, we can, we can pat ourselves on the shoulders as society for the advances we made. But we also have to kind of understand, you know, why these same issues are still happening, right? And we have to really take our step back and see, you know, what can we all do individually and try to come together as a community in whatever community you, you may be in to try to, you know, tackle these problems, you know, so. Right. You know. But um, speaking about uh, social media, though, man, uh, with the bullying especially, okay, mm. bull bullying is existed when we were in school, right? But, yeah. but but now, man, it's it's on a completely different level. I mean, with with social media, social media and these video games too, bro. Man, bro, no, you. I mean, you're preaching. You know what I mean? Because you know, with with the advent of social media and with cyberbullying and kind of you know, it's just it's very difficult to escape it. You know, it's very difficult to escape it and basically just you know, because we're all so kind of caught up in that bubble, especially the youth, right? Yeah. Because everything now is digital. You know, I mean, I work in, in IT. We deliver digital products because everything's digital. You know, I mean, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. You know, obviously, you know, LinkedIn's a social media networking platform for professionals, right? I mean, that's and that's the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, we right. have Snapchat, we have everything going on. You know, and and that to your point, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you're, if you're so over uh, inundated with social media it's it's gonna it becomes your reality so the cyber bullying all that stuff i mean it's just as real as you know someone in your school you know trying to you know push you against the wall calling you names or any of any of that any of that sort so i mean i think that's something that we also have to really give attention to um so you know i, and I think that's not a quick fix unfortunately i think that's something that's going to take time because it's been something that's been in the making it's been an issue that's been in the making i'd say for almost for a good part of 10 15 years now um, so yeah. social media became, you know, um, as prevalent as, as it is now. So Sure, sure. Well, man, when you have kids, will you have like uh, GT5 GT and, and all those video games for your kids? <laughs> Might as well, right? GT5 was my shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You know, I mean, it's funny. Like, I grew up, you know, kind of, you know, in the 90s was when kind of Super Mario and like Nintendo and like and like all that stuff and it, oh super nintendo actually became like the prevalent kind of you know platform the playstation came to the fold so you know obviously a, you know for, for a short time gamecube and then xbox right yeah so obviously like you know in that millennia at the, at the turn of the millennium right all these games so they have but also there's the there's the around the time of around kind of school shootings around that time right so all the all the types of you know, like duke nukem everything right so um, it's just one of those things, you know, I mean, I play GTA, you know, obviously, well, even through my adulthood, GTA five came out when I was my, my mid twenties. So right. of course I'm going to play it, you know, and, you know, I'm just, I'm just a fan. I'm waiting for the next one to come out. If it ever comes out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I just think, you know, good parenting, it's kind of striking a balance. You know, you give a little, but you also got to, you know, set the boundaries and set kind of expectations. And that's something my parents did for me and my, and my brothers and, and, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's something that. You know, I'm, I'm also going to carry on, you know, when I do have my kids, you know, whenever that is, so hopefully soon or whenever, 
I think ultimately that's something that, you know, it's just, it comes down to parenting, comes down to coach. I, I look at it as parenting coaching, right? I mean, you have a father figure, right? You have a, you know, you have, you have, you have a plan, you know, you have a strategy and you have to also kind of understand, you know, for me personally as a coach, right. Working with kids at Whitney high school, working with those kids, right. It's, 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 it's give a little, take a little, give a right. little, take a little, give a little, take a little, right. And then slowly but steadily you watch it, you watch it and it just grows into something beautiful. So. That's a great point, man. You know, parents did have, have a lot to do with that with that situation. I mean, mm. are you are you paying attention to your to your kids and how much time they're on these video games? I mean, you know, it, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's also it's just kind of you know being there plugged in because it's just I mean, ultimately your kid needs you, you know, at those at those early ages, right? I mean, and depending on, you know, how, I mean, you know, every parenting style is different. You know, I know for my nephew, like one of those things that I try to do, you know, is just try to be there as much as I can. And like, you know, I mean, my nephew is only two years old, but it's like, you know, I try to kind of, or I'm already starting throwing around the ball. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think, and just like little things like that, you know, I think football definitely helps set an example for any, for any, for any kid early on, because it teaches these life lessons, um, you know, about discipline, about, you know, um, about, about brotherhood, about, about responsibility, and about just understanding, you know, kind of what it is, you know, that what I mean, how just just how to be a better overall man. Um, and now, obviously, now women, because now women are, are now, you know, at the forefront of football too. Yeah, and, and it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see that. So, yeah, you enjoy it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I mean, I'm an Irish fan. You know, you know, Katie Sowers, right? Great coach. You know, I mean, um, now, I mean, on my football team, we had we had a female kicker. I think we were the first team in the state of California to actually have. A female kicker uh, at the JUCO level, hmm. so uh, West by College. So, these are types of things that you know I think are important. You know, I think you know these landmarks and milestones, right? And now, I mean, when it becomes a norm, like not, like, I feel like it almost is now. You know, I mean, then it no longer is a weird thing anymore. You know, right, right. But man, when you were um, starting your football career, you were staying at home or you had your own place. I was staying at home, uh, and the reason for that was because I was still in school. Right. Okay. So, because I basically started my football career. So I started. I started obviously like you know my, my freshman year was 08. Then that's when I'm, and that's when I met Coach Dub, who's now on the Ravens. You know, Coach Keith Williams. You know, hey man, love you, Coach. Business. And um, you know <laughs> that, that was kind of you know obviously I was still a student. You know, still also but also playing. You know, that's how I got kind of got you know I guess you could say broken in you know, to the student athlete uh, kind of mold, right? The following season after Coach Dub left Fresno State, um, when I went to West Valley, and uh, you know, um, Coach uh, does another Coach Dub, Keith, uh, not Keith, but you know, I uh, call Carl Williams, right? And um, he was also uh, he lived nearby me, and you know, I mean, um, the same thing, you know, nineteen, you know, still learning, still learning the ropes. And essentially, you know, then when I tried to go out for the Arena League, I was only nineteen, around twenty years old, um, gonna make it. And so all throughout, I was staying with my parents, you know, because I, I mean, I was still in school part time, still working you know, as a pizza driver, um, and just, you know, try and make ends meet. Yeah. And fortunately I had to support my parents to help me kind of get through. Right. And so essentially by the time I was able to break in, you know, to the Cal Eagles in 2012. Right. And we had our great run, you know, um, Western conference championship run and, you know, you know, everything we were able to accomplish that season with all the issues we had from the team budget, also kind of a scheduling perspective with the league. Um, uh, by then I, I had already had enough units to basically transfer, um, to, and finish up my degree. So I basically finished up, you know, my, my playing career at that point, and then basically finished my degree. By the time I finished my degree, I was able to actually, the next, it wasn't that following year, but it was a year after 2014, I was able to actually move out and uh, start working. You know, um, that's basically how I broke this field. So, um, yeah, 
But then it's funny because and I, I thought I was done playing at that point, and then I ended up moving to Chicago to finish my master's <laughs> you know, <laughs> for, uh, three years later, and then I got back into it, you know, while also, uh, you know, kind of doing this full time. Wow. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a great experience because it really taught me a lot about just kind of, you know, going from not just only playing and being kind of like that young kid trying to, you know, make it. Now, at this point, I'm a veteran because now I'm surrounded by these young kids who were once in my position either staying at home or living on their either staying with their parents or living on their own and um, trying to get noticed, trying to get to the next level. So for me, I was almost like a veteran, kind of like a big brother figure to them. So, you know, it was, it's, it's just, and then that also transitioned to the next year when I came back to California and started coaching um, at Whitney. So that's just, that's it's just, cool. it's, yeah, it's building blocks, you know? Right. That's cool, man. So I saw a couple of videos of you, man, on Instagram with a uniform on and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and running. I mean, you, you're still in pretty good shape. Are, are you still, are you still playing? Oh man, you see, that's the thing, you know, I, I sometimes I just, I, I, the itch and just trying to, you, know, you can't shake the itch. I just, I cannot shake the itch, you know, it's just, it's in my blood, man. I've just been in this game for 12, 13 years and I just can't, I can't shake the itch sometimes. So sometimes, you know, I got to put on the pads, I got to put on my uniform, I got to put on the cleats, I got to get out there, man. It's just part of, just in my blood. And um, shout out my boy, Aram, who's actually, you know, guest on the podcast as well. You know, he's actually the receiver who I was throwing. I, I was actually throwing. He was running uh, for the most part. You know, so he's so he so I let him wear rock my eighty one. I mean, we go way back. I mean, we go back to during my times when I was in between the Cal Eagles and the SaberCats, San Jose SaberCats. And basically, you know, Aram is just he's a he's he's a great kind of I guess you know for someone you need to like kind of like a sponge or someone to bounce ideas off of. He's my guy who I love running, just like conditioning and throwing and kind of going over routes and technique, you know, and, um, you know, I was hoping to come back and play, you know, just play maybe semi-pro or something regionally right here. Oh, yeah. But essentially that that's something that, you know, I, I'm not sure how feasible it is, you know, kind of working as an our commitment because of my consulting business. But, I mean, I would love to play, but also my knees to, to, to tend to ride me like, man, motherfucker, please. <laughs> like, you try to get out there and run, you know, because football is a young man's game. You know, yeah. I'm not saying I'm old by any means, but a young man's game as in, you know, you're straight out either your college or university trying to get to university. And, um, you know, so I think if I, I mean, if I want to play again, you know, I would have to make sure that I'm in 110%, you know, conditioning and, uh, you know, by my standards and essentially, you know, that, that would be a personal decision, you know, me and my family would have to make that decision. But outside of that, you know, I think, um, I think I'm good for now. You know, my playing career was great. And, um, you know, ultimately now um, if I'm ever going to be involved in the game, it will probably be kind of what you see on Instagram just getting out there, throwing the ball around, conditioning, you know, so obviously coaching. Um, right. So. But, man, you know Mike Collis? Yeah. I mean, he's 50 years old, man, and he took 20 years off and got back into football. What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. See, I mean, you hear some incredible stories. Like, you know, like all the guys, you know, who, who I'm surrounded with or the guys who who, who, who are followers of me on my, on my platform, right? They're like, yeah, like, damn, like, you know, you took six years out. You didn't even play in high school. You went, you dominated at this level. That's what the guy who came by and saw my security system today said. He's like, you, you dominated at this level. Anyone who didn't make it to the league, I mean, they'd want your career. Like, I mean, you, yeah. did something, you did something great. And, um, you know, obviously, like, for me, taking six, five, six years off in between playing from my last season to, like, my first season, right, between the Chicago Falcons and the California Eagles, for me, it was, it was, a, it was, it was definitely a transition. Now you're talking about 20 years, you know what I mean? That's, 
I don't even know what to say to that. That is just <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. I actually saw a couple years ago, there's a story about a guy. He's a, a player for some playing some of my program in Phoenix when I was living out there for a little bit. He was 71 years old and he threw a touchdown to his grandson in a semi-pro game now in Phoenix, Arizona. Are he's, you serious? He's been playing, he'd been playing for 55 years. What? <laughs> no, you got to be kidding me. No, I mean, you know, I mean, you can go look it up, type it in 50, uh, 70, 71 year old. The man goes out there, goes out and throws, and throws a touchdown to his grandson in, in semi-professional football game. They interviewed local media and interviewed him. I was like, I'm just like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, Holy shit. Cause we actually had a guy in the Chicago Falcons, uh, Joe Baines, just like, just like, just like, uh, just like Mike. He's, he's in his fifties and he's still playing. He's 57 wow. years old. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I mean, but, I, but obviously though, it, it depends on the position too, man, because Mike is a kicker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can't be a running back or a quarterback or a receiver. No, a receiver either. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely no. not. No, your wheels are done. I mean, for me, my wheels were done around twenty nine thirty, just because you know I mean, that's just nature. You know, your your knees take your knees take so much contact. You know, um, especially from the slot position. Mm. Yeah, you, that's why you see guys like Julian Edelman. You know, he played he played up until what 33, 34, right? Then he called it quits. You know, that, that that that's pretty that's pretty standard. Wes Walker, same thing, right? Thirty three, thirty four. You know, at the highest level. So these guys are at the highest level of their competition. You know, I, I obviously play special teams the majority of my career, right? And so, for me, I mean, I loved, you know, kind of playing, getting out there, hitting. But, again, same thing. you got to be able to get down there and just jolt down there as fast as you can. If your wheels aren't fully lubed and, you know, oiled up and ready to go, <laughs> man, you, you're going to be a liability. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but how did, how did you avoid injury all those years, man? You know, I just – it's proper technique. Proper technique, situational awareness – it's funny you asked me that question. Another guy who came by my place the other day, um, you know, he's actually here to help kind of, you know, set up, you know, some some other type of stuff in my house. He basically said he's like, because his son plays special teams at University uh, of North uh, of Northern Arizona. He was a long snapper, and he saw my he saw my wall, right? He saw special player of the year, all that. And he's like, yeah, man, it looks like you, you looks like you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. So how are you able to kind of avoid all that? I was like, you know, just situational awareness. You know, Coach Dub and other coaches like Coach Connor, Coach Wink, you know, head coach, shout Coach Wink, head coach Santa City College, right? It's just understanding the important special teams and importance of technique, tackling, wrapping, and making sure that you lead with your shoulder, go through the pack, not with your head. And um, you know, fortunately for me, I was never on the I was never on the on on, on the receiving end of of of, of a tackle uh, in the sense that my my role as a special teamer, as a slot receiver, whether it's blocking, whether it's getting down there on punt, whether it's getting down there on kickoff, it's just essentially just making sure that I knew my lane, lane integrity was key, um, you know, because obviously every every gunner every, every on, on kickoff and on punt, you have to know exactly where you're going to hit, who's your assignment, make sure you pick up your assignment. Um, for me, it's just making sure that I picked up all my assignments and making sure that I did what I need to do to not, you know, to avoid injuries as, as, as much as possible, you know, and Fortunately for me, you know, I just I, I was able to avoid major injury. Um, but you know, to answer your question, there really isn't a clear answer. I think some guys get lucky, some guys don't. Right, right. But uh, do you think that your nutrition played a, a big part of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think nutrition was something that I started, you know, taking seriously the moment I started trying. The moment I started playing back in JUCO, um, basically around because, like I said, I was one thirty-five, just soaking wet when I stepped on to San Jose City College. And coach like, yeah, you're going to put on some fucking weight. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to put on some weight. You know what I mean? And so that was one of those things where I had to take that seriously. I had to start, you know, hitting the gym, taking protein shakes, 
focusing on protein, focusing on, you know, kind of carbs and just, you know, hydration. And um, I think nutrition had a big part in that. You know, that's why, you know, I'm here today. I'm still going strong. I know, I mean, I'm 32, but I feel like I'm 22. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I mean, I think nutrition is, is key. Nutrition, um, you know, workout regimen, obviously everyone works out, but I think you putting the right stuff in your body is key. You know what I mean? For me, I've started laying off the sweets. I've started laying off a lot of processed food. Um, I was able to take a lot more shortcuts when I was younger, right? But when you, after you hit 30, your metabolism slows down, so you got to be yeah. a little more cautious about that, you know? But the good thing is now I have even more bulk if I decide to get out there and play again. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> one of those things. But, uh, but yeah, I think nutrition was, was definitely key. Uh, I actually had a personal trainer uh, back in 2020, uh, sorry, 2010, uh, Adam us when I was training for the Sabercats tryout. Um, you know, he actually played in the CFL, San Jose State, starting quarterback, holds numerous records over there at San Jose State, um, you know, and he was, he was definitely a, a key. You know, he was a key in terms of kind of helping me understanding the importance of nutrition, liquid protein, kind of making sure that my workout regimen was succinct to help put on weight and as well as also try to uh, focus on the bulk and then obviously, you know, cutting after we, we finished the bulking. Um, and also kind of just eating the right stuff to keep your body kind of, you know, ready to go. Uh, practice, game day, you know, you have to make sure that you, you're putting the right things, carbs, protein, and a lot of, again, hydration, that stuff is critical. Um, and for me, you know, I was at this point, you know, vegan, everyone is starting to adopt a vegan diet. I'm kind yeah. of like, doing like a little bit of a hybrid of that, um, you know, trying to cut out dairy or just going with skim milk and non-fat and also a kind of obviously low fat diet, low fat, um, you know, low, low, I would say less emphasis on animal-based saturated fat, higher emphasis on plant-based saturated fat. Okay. Avocados, um, you know, nuts, nut butters, you know, stuff of that nature. So, awesome, man. What do you think about this coming season, man, for the NFL? Man, what, what, do, what, 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 what do you think about San Fran? Yeah, you see, I don't even know because I'm sitting here, and that's a great question. It's such an easy question, but it's such a complex situation. You know, I mean, because when you look at it from the, you know, from it just, just, I mean, from, from the outside perspective, I don't have any inside sources, you know, obviously, you know, all my listeners from my podcast, go from this, you guys are like, wait, what the hell are you talking about? You have so many former <laughs> NFL players on, on your platform. Yes. Yes. And I did play. Right. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, I digress. I don't have anyone in there now. Right. I don't have anyone who's closed the situation now, but with Trey Lance, um, it's a situation where, you know, everyone was expecting to be traded in the off season. For whatever reason, the Niners, they kept holding their cards close, I think. And that's not, you know, that's not to be derogatory from anyone with John Lynch as a general manager or Shanahan. Um, so, obviously, Jimmy's still on the roster. Looks like he's going to stay on the roster. Final year. Trey's basically going to have to learn learn those pretty quickly. Um, and, actually, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast probably this first episode. You know, because I really want to talk about what Trey's uh, trajectory is going to be. Because that's that, that, to me, is the biggest question mark. You know, that's really – how, how quickly can, can Trey catch up to Shanahan's playbook? Mm-hmm. How well can he gel with his receivers, with Kittle, with Debo? Another question mark, Debo's contract, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, how's that run game going to look, you know? Um, I mean, they, they, I mean it's, it's just there's a, lot of, there's a lot of differing question marks with Niners. Um, off, the old line looks pretty good. Defense looks pretty good. Secondary is also another question. We'll see how they kind of look, you know, coming up this season. So a lot of question marks. I'm optimistic um, that they'll probably make the playoffs. I don't know if they're as good as the Rams. I do think that they're good enough to make it and qualify. Um, I don't know how deep they can go. They may go as deep as the last year and shock everyone. It's going to depend a lot on kind of, you know, how the, who, how they, how they, how they played their regular season schedule with the, with the matchups divisional, 
interconference opponents and, you know, obviously how well they travel. And again, Trey, how well, how quickly can Trey come up to speed with the NFL? Right. And that's really what's going to come down to you. Trey can come up to speed with the NFL, uh, the, the defense and everything, you know, boom, we're, we're hitting it. But, you know, I've talked to other Niners fans, you know, and uh, they basically said that they're not confident at all. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Should be an interesting season. I, I mean, I don't know what the future is for the Falcons. You know, I'm a Falcons fan, <laughs> but um, I don't know. In my opinion, man, I think uh, Matt Ryan is done. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Ryan being on the Colts is going to be interesting to see how he does on this season with the Indianapolis Colts. I think that team is really well built and you saw Philip Rivers the last season there. They made a pretty good playoff run. Lost in the first round to a very good Bills team. So I think with Matt Ryan there, I mean, he may have a career resurgence year. You never know, right? But our question is basically Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady coming back. Will Tom Brady change the landscape in the NFC, right? Um, Rob Kukowski retired, but they still have a lot of firepower there. They don't have AB anymore on the Bucks, right? So, and Green Bay, Devontae's not there anymore. So Aaron Rodgers lost his best target. Mm. So a lot of a lot of question marks there. I think the NFC, pretty much the Rams should still be the favorite, even though they lost, uh, you know, they lost Von Miller, I believe, to the Bills. Yeah, and so the Bills are also looking really good yeah. now with Von Miller and a few other free agent acquisitions. So you gotta watch out for them. It's gonna be an exciting year. It's oh yeah, be an exciting year. You know, I'm not sure if the Bengals are gonna make a deep playoff push, but you know, I mean, it'd be cool to see if they, if they can come back. I mean, the Bengals are prime, and Marcus Ogden was on my show back in February, January, January, right when the right when the Bengals played the Chiefs' AFC Championship game, said the Bengals are prime to be that powerhouse team to go up against his Ravens and just, you know, run the AFC North for the years to come. So there's a lot of storylines, a lot of intrigue, and we're going to see how it plays out. So, man, thank you so much for being on the show again, man. Uh, it's been an interesting, great conversation, and I'm sure that my audience will get a lot of value out of this, man, especially uh, football players. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. And let me just close out with this. Um, any football players out there struggling, you know, go out there, seek help. You know, there's, there's career guidance, career counseling programs, you know, reach out, you know, reach out, you know, to anyone you can, you know, cause to find that passion, find that demon, you know, I almost feel like football players trying to reintegrating with regular life after the effort I'm playing, you know, I think it's almost like, like military veteran-esque in terms of PTSD and trying to find your purpose, trying to reintegrate with society. So make sure you reach out, make sure that you do your necessary, you know, kind of um, do, do what's necessary to figure out what it is you, that you're passionate about and, you know, and the rest will take care of itself. Awesome advice, man. Thank you so much. 100%, brother. Take care. All right, man. Take care. Ah. Thank you for watching Victory Circle Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel.